Hey guys, in this AB Talks with Lance Armstrong, we get to know more about the human side of Lance, his story, his childhood. It's a very interesting and honest conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hey Lance. Hey buddy. So how are you really doing? I'm doing great. I didn't sleep great last night, but uh, other than that, I'm doing good. And if you don't sleep great, how does it affect your mood the next day? I'm, I'm a sleeper, so I, if I don't... And, and normally I'm a good sleeper, but if I have the occasional bad night's sleep, then it's, yeah, I'm just off. But we're, you know, we're jet lagged. And, yeah. Well, oh, jet lag, even if you sleep, I think at the right time, it's tricky. Yeah. You don't sleep well. And I started wearing this, I uh, know you're not wearing it, the aura ring when I okay. sleep. Oh, that's it? Yeah. And uh, I, it seems accurate. And I'm checking how, how I, I sleep. Am I sleeping well? Am I waking right. up too much? It seems interesting. Right. I didn't have the nerve to look today. Okay. <laughs> so when I ask that question, I want it more so. It's a question that's so common. However, people don't give it the gravity it really requires. You walk around and you say, hey, how are you? You good? Yeah. And everybody answers. And you don't even listen sometimes. None of us do. And then I'm like, no, let's, let's ask it properly when right. we, we meet people and we sit and say, like, how are you? You know? Right. So that is more so what I'm looking for in this time in your life. How are you really doing? Look, it's, um, it, this is a good point in life for me. I mean, I've, I've had a, a few of these peaks and valleys in life and, um, and you know, some darker than others. Uh, one prepared me for the second one. Um, but it's been, gosh, uh, seven years really since since it all melted down, so to speak. And, um, you know, when I look around my life, I look at, you know, whether it's the various businesses we're in, my children, my health, my fitness, how I feel. You ask me what the 40s are like. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old. I don't really feel much different than when I was, so if I'm 49 now, I don't feel a lot different than when I was 29, which that's good. That's a good thing. Mm. And your childhood, how was that? My childhood? Mm. I had an interesting childhood. I was, I, was, uh, I was born to a young mother in Dallas, Texas. Um, never met my father. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, wasn't even born Lance Armstrong. Interesting. Yeah. So I was born Lance Gunderson. And then um, my mom remarried uh, when I was three or four uh, to a guy with the last name Armstrong, so I then became Lance Armstrong. Okay. Um, so it was, it was uh, but you know, grew up with no money, grew up playing sports. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, wasn't a fairy tale, but it wasn't, also wasn't terrible at it. My, my, my mom is a force of nature, you know, so she was this, I mean, think about it, I was, um, when I graduated high school, she was not even 35 years old. So the difference in age between you and your mom? 17. Yeah, my, me and my mom's 18. Yeah. Yeah, so I would relate. Yeah. We're not, we have this unique or strange relationship. It's between a mother, sister, and friend. Friend, yeah. She yeah. was all of those things to me, yeah. plus cheerleader, plus cook, plus coach, plus driver. You know, she's, and she's a little lady, you know, but she acts like she's, you know. He needs to meet my mother. If yeah. she's here later, you'll yeah. know exactly. Small, but huge energy. Right, right. Um, and is it, was it difficult that, or just knowing, because you were very young, but just knowing that 
my original father is not present in my life, but there's this other guy. Was it tricky for a young Lance or it was okay? Um, well, I think at the, you know, at the, look, at the time it didn't feel tricky. And it doesn't feel tricky now, but, if, but you'd be, uh, I think, foolish not to, to understand or to think that it plays a part, right? And, and it's, you know, for me, it's, I don't sit around um, you know, uh, spending time thinking about that. All I do is double down on my kids. So when I had, you know, five kids and when I think about them and their lives and uh, me and their lives, I mean, it, it's definitely changed the way I approach that. Hmm. Um, and your relationship with your mom, how would you say it is? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, we live in Colorado now. She's still in Dallas where I grew up. Um, perfectly happy, not married. To, to Terry Armstrong anymore, but um, very happy. She's got, I think she, between her and her husband, they probably have 11 grandkids. Lovely. So she's, you know, she works out every day. She plays golf. She, she's pretty chill. That's good. And how were you in school? Uh, so I was an athlete from a, from a very young age. And then when I was, when I was, 15, I turned professional in triathlon, so I was traveling all over the world, at least in uh, North and South America. Um, so I didn't spend a ton of time being a kid with the books. Mm. No, and I definitely didn't spend time. I'm, I act more like a kid now than I did when I was in my teens. What does that mean? How do you act now that is? Well, the things that as a teenager or as a college student, you know, at least in the U.S., you know, pe- people go to parties or they, they join a fraternity or they hang out with friends or, you know, it's, it's a little wilder. Correct. And I, I studied in Boston, so I uh, would know. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. able to do that as a, as a teenager. And I certainly didn't, you know, in, into my 20s as I turned professional in cycling and then really started to travel the world and had to, uh, not that we didn't have parties, but, uh, you know, you got to be focused on your, your diet, your training, your recovery constantly. And so... Um, I'm making up for lost time hmm. in some ways. It's, it's uh, interesting because um, uh, somebody recently said something about a person. They're like, ah, oh, he's very mature. And I said, it's very tricky to say somebody's mature. And they asked why. I said, because maturity has departments. Mm-hmm. You could be very mature at your job, but very immature with video games. Right. You could be very immature in, uh, I don't know, life, but very immature in serious relationships. Right. So we, it's kind of like a, a life bar in video games where you need to build experience in each right. department to be collectively a mature person. I could right. say, oh, I'm very mature in starting up businesses. Right. But you tell me, Anas, are you mature in serious relationships? I said, no, I was just married once. Right. I can't really vouch for right. that. So it's interesting that you're making up for that. I'll, I'll move to something else, which I found I would love to understand mm-hmm. more from your perspective. Uh, you had cancer at a stage in your life. Yep. And I was thinking when I was reading some research, how do you feel when you are a person who actually cares about your health and you're strong mm-hmm. and you're competitive and you're like, I could win anything I want. I could compete. I'm athletic. I'm healthy. But then suddenly you get this curveball. Right. Like, do you feel it's unfair? How does it make you feel? Well, I don't think it's, it's, I never felt like it was, uh, I never had the attitude, I should say, of why me? I mean, 
obviously I was surprised. I, I, I did the Olympic Games six weeks before I was diagnosed. Um, so I, it was, you know, and this is going back into the mid nineties in the U.S. People, you know, as a young kid, you equated cancer to people that smoked or people that had terrible lifestyles or all these things. I'm like, wait a minute, how's, how's that possible? But um, it, it was what it was. And so I, I, um, I didn't spend a lot of time feeling sorry for myself. You know, I was, I mean, I had to, it was very advanced. And so I had to just, um, and again, going back to the nineties, information, available information was very limited. So there was not, you know, if you were diagnosed today, you would go to Google or wherever, you know, you'd start just pulling down so much data and information and insight and intel. Whereas we had none of that. We went to the bookstore. Wow, yeah. It was weird. I'm sure. <laughs> Very weird. And, and I know that, and this annoys me when I read that, oh, doctors say that your chances are so slim to go back to cycling or even to live. Mm -hmm. Like when a doctor tells you that, and you know, we are kind of at the mercy of the experts. You go to a doctor and he right. says, ah, oh, you need the ACL surgery. And you're like, okay, like you don't know. Right. So you're kind of at the mercy of their advice. But when a doctor tells you, a statistic like that, oh, you have this percent of right. living or this percent of going back to cycling. 50-50. Right. How does it feel like? Does and it they always tell you it's higher. But so. how do you process that? Do you say, I'll show you? No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I mean look, they told me 50-50. I'm like, well, that's not great. But it's better than a 10% chance to live. So there's, there are people that hear, well, there are people that hear they have no chance. And then there's, you know, much lower odds. You know, I was, uh, I, I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on finding the best care possible that would give me the best chances to survive. And for me, that was the, the most important because, you know, uh, no matter what the illness is or the disease or the circumstance, you know, people have to be, at least for myself, I wanted to be in a place where I was confident and comfortable. If it didn't work, Hmm. Not that it would work, but that if it didn't work, that I could pass on and, and, and in my heart of hearts, feel like I did the best. Interesting. So, yeah, I could see how you think, let me give it my best shot and then the yeah, rest. You don't, want to leave any, you don't want to leave any questions out there on your deathbed. I, does, does, uh, before I go to the next one, does it make you reassess life? Oh, yeah. Like priorities and sure. family and... Yeah. All the crap you thought was important. It's not important anymore. And time? Does it make you value it a lot or...? Uh, certainly, uh, initially, that fades, right? It's been 20, almost 25 years since I was diagnosed. So, you know, you, you have these, this light bulb moment where you say, I'm not going to let any day pass, any minute pass, you know... There was a long period of that, but you know, life resumes, which is the good news, right? Your, mm -hmm. your health comes back, all the crap you deal with day in and day out, whether it's good or bad, all comes back. And so you, you do lose sight of that mm. after a quarter century. It's human nature, I guess. Um, I watched your documentary when it first came out, and I, I appreciated how frank and honest it was and I'm like I always like that it's refreshing mm -hmm. to see honesty in a world that seems to be lacking uh, and I was I remember finishing the documentary I'm like what would I what would I have done mm -hmm. you know is it 
a position of being between a rock and a hard place because, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the way I saw it is this young man is super talented, right. keeps winning things, and you know, has all the potential of a rookie. And then he gets to this new professional platform and he's not making the numbers that he's supposed to. He's like, right. okay, something is off. But then some, suddenly everybody is doping, everybody's in on it. Right. And you're like, I have no chance. Yeah. If I play the way I always used to play, right. it's not going to yeah. go anywhere. Been, you would have so no I, I'm, I was asking myself this question, like, what would I do? Because it's, right. it's unfair. So I was thinking, how did it feel for you because, like, what do you do in this circumstance? If you don't do it, you're never going to get even close to right. well, then you your go potential. Home. Then you go back to, I go back to Texas. I mean, this was, a, this was a moment in time where the drugs available were, were so beneficial. Right? When we think of, well, back up. When you think of the highest level of sport, 1%, 2% makes all the difference. You know, something come along that was, that was like a wildfire. It was a 10% drug, so it, it just, there was no pro sports. If you're off by 10%, it's over. And so you, um, I mean, could I have stayed and kept just, you know, as we call it, pack fill, you know, just riding in the group and not being a factor? Probably. No, I don't think you're that type well, of no, person. I mean, no, no, I could have. Physically, I could have done yes. it. Yes. Mentally right. and emotionally, yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't created that way. So I, I'm a fighter. And, um, and, and I went over to fight. I thought we we're going to have a fair fight, and it got a little unfair. And so, I, you know, we all—I think we all—and not singling myself out or anybody else—I think all of us collectively just said we're going to level this playing field. Um, but it's you know, it, look, it, it, there's a lot of people that that would sit in that chair and say, "I absolutely would have gone home. I never would have crossed." That's why I said I—I I don't. That's right. why I started by saying a hard place and a rock. I think if. Because I'm competitive, right? I understand. Like it's fucked up. Like, I, how how do you do? How do you balance yourself? I didn't know. I didn't know we could say the F bomb. You can say whatever you want. Okay, yeah. I was yeah. saying all these other, you know, sort of. You said crap a lot. Crap. You know, I was like, <laughs> feel uh, free. This yeah. Is no, a, we we you know we. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the you know, when I think of my sporting heroes, right, and I think of uh, Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan and Michael Phelps and. You know, the, the best of the best. I mean, it, you're not wired to, 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 to be average. And Absolutely. So, and I'm not saying those champs would have made the same decision, but the best of the best, you know, you do what you got to do. It's, a, it's the circumstance. Like, I found it very, I remember the feeling. I'm like, it's not clear mm-hmm. cut. You can't blame and you, you can understand. You know what I mean? It's so right. easy, like you said, to sit outside and like, oh my, I can't believe no, but what if everybody's doing it? Right. Well, what as do I do? said in the documentary, it's complicated. It's very complex. It's very complicated. And I think once you are in that rabbit hole, it's then right. it's tricky. But more importantly, it's over. Yeah. And so, you know what? I mean, I, I, I made the choices I made, whether people view them as right or wrong. Um, it's, it's allowed me, and I've made plenty of mistakes, but it's allowed me to get to this place where... You know, aside from my bad night's sleep last night, I was pretty fucking happy to wake up as me today. I'm glad. I'm not trading with anybody. So, um, you know, Um, we're all just this canvas that gets shaped over time. It's art, man. Yeah. I really believe that's the beauty of human nature. We make mistakes. We screw up. 
we make beautiful moments, we have mm-hmm. kids, we love. It's, yeah. That's the beautiful. If it was right. just so polished, it's quite boring and right. vanilla. Right. Uh, yeah, vanilla is quite boring. Um, how did it feel for Lance being on top of the world, literally in your domain, in your sport, and probably it had a ripple effect across more than it became. I remember the, the yellow yeah. rubber band and it became a huge thing, even somebody who doesn't know cycling. And then suddenly everything changes. Right. I don't know, 24 zero, zero hours. Zero to zero. How, how does that feel? You know, it's, um, that's probably, uh, you know, if I were ever to go do deep work, right? Deep work on myself, on my, uh, on my mind, on my history, you know, forget a complicated childhood that wasn't ideal and wasn't storybook. I suspect if I went, let's just imagine there was a place that I went for two weeks or people went for two weeks to, to unpack all their shit. That would be, it would all lie right there. Yes, there's stuff from the childhood, but um, the downfall was, it was like war. I mean, it was, uh, there has to, I mean, we associate PTSD with, with, with soldiers and with war and seeing violence and seeing death and seeing destruction and, and all of these things. Well, you know, businessmen that fall from grace, they have PTSD. Me falling, I mean, surely, I mean, there would be a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, and I was very curious to ask you that question yeah. because you could be drunk on life with all the glory and everybody clapping and everybody saying yes and you're achieving and you're mm-hmm. winning. Even if you're not affected with the compliments, but it, it, we're human. Right. We get affected when people put us on a pedestal so right. much. And then suddenly we have a saying in, in Arabic that when the camel falls, falls, the knives increase. You know, so yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody's glorifying you right. when you're doing great. Yep. Just one bad mistake. All the people that you thought were kind of with you, you see a chopstick coming out and a right. knife and, and they're just part of the party. Yeah, yeah and they're gone. But it's disappointing. Well, it, it, it's, I don't look at it that way. So the two things happened in my world is, and I just, in my, I, I try to simplify and, and minimize or, or boil down everything. And the way I look at this is when the downfall happened, um, I had people that I thought were friends, allies, sponsors, whatever, that leaned out. All the while, which, you know, you see this happening. You're like, wait, what happened? I thought we were allies and partners and friends and supporters and all that. Gone. Overnight. But then, almost simultaneously, you have other people that lean in. Yes. So you can choose, right? You have a choice to sit here and, and, and be upset or bitter or mad about the people that leaned out. Or you can look over here and say, holy shit, all these people just leaned in on my life. And what are you going to embrace, right? Are you going to embrace these people that just hauled ass on your entire life story? Are you going to embrace the people that say, no, we're here now? Because let me tell you, um, there are very few people in this world that can wake up every day and know exactly who's on their team. Yes. That's, I mean, in this whole thing, like I have no questions about who's on my team. And, and, and And by the way, and not to be a complete stone-cold killer there's no forgiving that that's what you met they and this whole movement made the choice which is fine that's their choice but now it's my choice 
Correct. And so my choice is going to be to embrace the people that were there for me because that's what got me through this time. And, you know, as an extension of that, my family, my children, they were huge motivation for me. I knew they were watching me. I knew that they were observing how their dad would respond. Mm. And that's, that's really all I need. Um, I, I'll clarify something. I said it's disappointing. Maybe it is. Still, I'll stick to that because you would some we have expectations of people of things in life and sometimes when our we are we get a completely different reaction we're like damn like i didn't expect that right. from you so it is disappointing as a human emotion right. but i also agree with you it's such a blessing to know yeah better to, to know who's with better you better to know very very it is such a small percentage of people who know and especially when you're really popular or famous you get a lot right. of yes people right right, right. So it be, and I, I remember uh, we had a conversation with a, a, a member of the royal family, and I remember my mother asking, she's like, it would be so difficult to be in your position. Right. And the person said, why? And she goes, do you ever hear no? Right. Like, right. I could they say, they hey, Lance, they... you want to come with me today to have a burger? And yeah. you're just the Everybody guy who always, yes. you know, as a yeah. pleaser. And I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm hungry. And you're not right. hungry. And you can't even stand me. And you don't. But you don't know. Right. So it's so tricky to be in a situation where you don't know. Right. right. Well, that's a gift. It's better to know. Agreed. Yeah. Situations show. Yeah. You know, situations like yeah, the tough ones you've been through. Um, considering the circumstances you, you were in, would you do it again? The way you played it out? Well, I, you know, I get asked this question um, a lot. And, and so it's a, it's a it's a complicated question and a complicated answer because you know the the purist wants you to say i would never do that again i don't i don't look at um i think we all go through life and we make decisions we make good ones and bad ones and as i said a second ago it 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 all starts to paint this canvas right and that's but all of these uh intersections make the painting. Correct. And so I just told you that I wouldn't have wanted to wake up as anybody else today. I don't get to wake up as myself today with, this, with, with, um, with the energy that I feel, the, the, the uh, optimism that I feel, without having made a bunch of bad decisions. And so when I answer that question, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, that can be interpreted in a bad way as well. And so that's always the headline. No, not to me. Right. To me, I and completely it, and understand. And I think it's... Um, and that's why I said the I think, circumstances are the same. Right. And time is kinder to that response than the times I've said in the past, when it's just right on the heels of... Correct. You know, over time, that softens, and there's perspective around that, and people say, I get it. I understand. But, uh, look, it, it, there's a difference, too. I mean, you saying I wouldn't change a thing versus saying I've made a lot of mistakes. They're both true, right? And so, um, but this, to your point earlier, I mean, people in their minds, they want to hear, and they, they've heard people. They've heard other people that have made, I, this, you know, I would, I would do everything different. And da, 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 da. I don't know. I think, I think you have to look at the whole, mo- you have to watch the whole movie. And we're not even, I don't know, maybe we're halfway through the movie. Look, by the way, I'm not done making mistakes. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. None of us, yeah. And so, um, 
I, I just have a slightly different perspective of it. So you would sympathize and understand your decisions at that time, considering all the, you know, the rules of that moment, if that's the right way of... Yeah, I mean, the way, yeah, look, I actually empathize with my whole generation. Nobody, none of those guys or gals expected that, wanted that, you know, and none of them miss it. But they, we all got thrown into this. Yeah, it was what it, it was, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's, it, uh, I mean, it, it, if, if the world was perfect, we'd all gone over and raced with bread and water. And I still would have kicked their ass. I mean, it's, but we don't live in a perfect world. And Correct. so. Um, and by the way, it's a problem across many sports. I don't know why we even only focus on this one. It's in all sports. Mm-hmm. I was uh, having dinner uh, with my best friend yesterday and I was like, it would be interesting if they say it's legal to, yeah. to use uh, physical training and sports science. That's not ever going to happen. It's and, so tricky. And our sport was... But will uh, it ever be the fair then if it's not open to science? You know, mixing a human uh, f- physique mm-hmm. with science legally. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a random it's, bizarre thought. It's, you know, I don't, um, I cover the sport a lot. I love the sport. I love watching the sport. I love talking about the sport. And not to, um, to sound cavalier, but in many ways, I don't care. My job is to watch the game and talk about the game. I don't spend a lot of time going, That's, that wasn't normal. That was unnatural. That was next level. I don't, that's not my job. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I don't, I don't think it's helpful for our game to constantly question and criticize and critique and dig. Um, This is me saying that, so obviously I'm a little biased. But um, look, the sport of cycling, I just want to point out, so because, you know, this wildfire didn't just happen in cycling, it happened in probably most sports. Yes. Um, But those sports were, were structurally stronger um the athletes were protected um and cycling is not was is was not and is not a sport that is structurally sound mm-hmm. and you know there's uh it was ripe for external agencies to come in and just say watch this we're mm-hmm. gonna fuck these guys right now and so and bad on us, right? I mean, you have a 100-year-old sport that just never got organized and never, the, the riders never unified. There was never any solidarity there. There was never uh, any, with, with solidarity comes the strength. None of that existed. Mm. Would you say you have a big ego? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I've been asked that one. I mean, I think I have a and I've maybe earned a very high level of confidence. Mm. Uh, I mean, ego, what is it? Do, do I care what car I drive? Do I care, do I, do I sit around a dinner table and talk about my, to me, ego is you sit at the dinner table and all this dude or dudette is talking about themselves. That's an ego. That's also very insecure, yeah. yeah I the, would the, associate them. Yeah, I just pretty much get up and leave. <laughs> Good. You know, I, I prefer to listen to other people's stories. I don't need it. Everybody knows my story. Mm. I know my story. Um, but I do have, uh, and especially probably more than ever in my life, 
a very high level of confidence. And I just don't have, and, and I think um, the thing that I've learned the most in the last seven years, uh, or the thing that I've become the most in the last seven years is fearless. So not reckless, not dangerous, not careless, fearless. And that's totally different than ego and arrogance. and It's just this approach to life. I just don't, uh, there's just not, there's only one thing in this world that scares me and that's something happening to my kids. Mm-hmm. So an accident, an illness, this would break me. I, I then would be in a hospital. Outside of that, nothing. Two questions on what you just said. Do you believe Uh, the level of confidence you've reached can be mistaken for arrogance? Like people say, oh, Lance is very arrogant. Um, well, they would have to, I don't, I don't give a lot of um, credence or credit to, uh, if somebody watches a documentary and says that, perhaps I can get that. If you went out and played a round of golf with me and we went to the 19th hole and had beers, nobody would say that. Mm. Nobody. Uh, I'm a guy's guy. I'm a regular guy. I like to laugh. I like to make fun of people. And I like to be made fun of. I mean, I, I spend most of my time being at the, you know, the butt of the joke. Mm. And, so, and that's great. And that's, uh, you know, that's, what, that's what bros do. This, the second question, you said fearless, and it was actually one of my next questions. What are you afraid of? And you already answered yeah. it. I was going to say, do you feel that sometimes fear, uh, a bit of sprinkle of fear, is healthy? Because it keeps you on edge. It keeps, like, let's say you're racing and you're, you fear that the guy is coming, so you push harder. Right. Uh, you're doing a presentation. You're afraid that it won't do well, so you prepare more. Right. So being fearless, is it a bad thing? Well, uh, uh, I mean, you have to be smart as well. I mean, you have to be strategic and smart and make good decisions. Look, uh, outside of one of my kids getting sick or hurt, which is almost a byproduct of that, what else would scare me? Not being able to feed my kids, Mm. right? So as I um, recreate and reinvent myself, it's fun. It's against all odds. But don't be mistaken, at the end of the day, I still have to feed my children. And this whole, you know, 10 years ago, that was never going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, but there were years where um, I actually thought that would be a problem. Wow. And so, um, obviously, we would have fed them, but it, I, I like to, feed, I don't want to just feed them, you know, uh, bread and ketchup sandwiches. I'd rather have a comfortable life. We've adjusted our life drastically. But that, that's a big motivation for me. I don't, I don't necessarily need the things I had before and, and as my life changed and the scale and the, uh, um, the burn rate came down. That's okay. Right? I, you, you look back and you're like, I don't know, this is pretty groovy too. So, but there's, there's some, definitely some motivation there. Would you say you're spiritual? Oh boy. Uh, well, no. Um, was you know, growing up, we kind of went to church every now and again. It's not anything I do now. It's not um, meditation, for example. No, nope. never. I've huh? never meditated my really? entire life. With all these apps out there now, all these, all these 
They make it so easy to do all these things. I've never done it. I don't do that. I did. I, I did try the app thing, right. and I'm a bit. Uh, I was always skeptical of the over cheesy kind of meditation. You know, right. the, no. Right. I always wanted. Then I thought logically it made sense right. to s- stop my day for ten minutes. Right. I'm like, okay, it makes sense because we never do. It's phone, WhatsApp, email. Oh, this guy wants something. I'm like, while I'm awake, do I ever stop? Right. You know. I'm like, well, no, yeah, I but should. this is a, this is a, a headspace or a space of just stillness and clarity and thought and consideration and reflection. Mm-hmm. People could sit for an hour and listen to the app and do the hum, do everything. That that might be how they get that right yeah. that place. For me, it's never been, I've never done that. That's never been my place. But what I would do, right, which I've been neglecting to do recently, is I would go out for a three-hour back ride by myself. Nice. So no music, nobody around, all alone. You're exercising, you're sweating, your heart rate's high, it's technical. There's all these things. That's the stillest place I can ever put myself. So it's just different. I mean, if, if that's spirituality... Then I'm very spiritual. I would. Yeah. I think anything that works. Yeah. I don't like the fact that within human beings, we want a one size fits all. Right. So if this movie oh, is right. great for you, it should be great for everybody. Right. No. Right. This uh, car is bad. No, you should get this car. Okay, but I don't yeah. like this car. Right. So I, whatever works. Yeah. And that is pretty cool because it reminded me when I used to work in the oil field, the trip there was two and a half hours on, yeah. with a car. And I wouldn't put music or anything or calls. And I just zone out. Right. Which I can do it with music too. I love long drives. Yeah, long drives are nice. Yeah. Um, long drives. Okay. <laughs> Best moment in your life so far? I mean, you know, I, I mean, I have the five kids. So, uh, you know, having children, you know, not that I have the children, but being there for the birth of a child. And even with five, two of them are twins, so I have, that's only four childbirths, but hard to argue with, with you know, seeing a little, a little, uh, being, <laughs> you know, kid coming out is pretty amazing. But I, I've had a bunch of great moments. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, that's, that's obviously the highlight, but I, I mean, look, we just came from, from Beirut and, and amidst all of this, destruction and, and depression, frankly, um, and lack of optimism, like real lack of optimism. You know, I, 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 being there on the ride that we did or just hanging out in that city or being here, I've never been to Dubai. Like this is, I don't know, I was flying in, I was like, holy shit, whose idea was this? Like that's, for me, that's a highlight. I mean, I just, um, Started once COVID hit and we all got locked down. I was like, what am I going to do? I started to learn to fly. So okay. I started taking my online flying stuff. And then I did some, you know, my test flight and all these things. Um, I mean, I've had days where, uh, you know, just greasing the approach into Aspen on a bumpy day and just landing a plane perfectly. Like, <laughs> for me, that was a top 10 moment. I mean, that's nice. so there, there's, there's just, uh, my life is all gravy at this point. And, and, and I don't, I try to avoid the bad moments. So since you're trying to avoid, I'll bring you back. Uh, worst moment so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, as I said earlier, I have these two 
periods in my life where um, just tectonic shifts, right? So diagnosed in 96, totally unexpected, didn't know if I was gonna live. Uh, and then I have my melt, he wrote a zero in, in 2013, let's call it. The irony in all of this is if I don't have the moment in 96, I don't think I make it through 2013. That thing taught, that moment, that period of time taught me so much, you know, because I looked at 2013 and I thought, okay, this is, this is terrible. Um, but I've been in worse places. And so uh, definitely the diagnosis and the treatment and the insecurity or the, uh, the fact that we were so unsure was, was worse. Um, but it was good training. Very interesting. Yeah, I think that's how life is. It's kind of something prepares you for something else. Um, hmm. Any regrets? Yeah, I mean, gosh, come on. We have, everybody has regrets. I have probably more than most people. You'd be surprised, Lance. Most of the people that sit on the chair tell me they don't have regrets. Um, now, whether I believe it right, or not the, is a different the, thing. Okay, then. But for you. Right. Look, uh, and it's it, the, the, amidst the fallout, the, the, we, we're, I'm sitting here today, we're talking about these issues. Again, all of these intersections make up to today. Correct, right? to and this so, chair. Right, and so if I simply did what every other cyclist did, we're not sitting here. I get away with it. Uh, as, a, as a fearless and ruthless competitor, I took it to the next level. You know, I attacked people, I sued people, I um, denied, denied, denied. And I was the biggest athlete in the world. So my denials were much bigger than a simple denial. Um, but the treatment of others and, and just the ruthlessness and, and, and competitiveness around that. See, I, I couldn't, I didn't have a switch. So I competed when I trained, I competed when I raced. I'd get in the press conference and we, I was still competing. Mm. Every question was coming from the opposition. And, you know, with that, it just created such a, 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 an easy way for them to take me down. And so when I, uh, that's my biggest regret, is the way I treated people that questioned the legitimacy of my, my sport, my performances, the victory, whatever. Um, so I don't, you know, if I've changed in any way, it's that. Right, so when I see other people, you know, it's, it's, uh, I lay down on most things now. But um, again, having said that, if I, if, I don't, if I don't make those mistakes, then I don't learn the lesson. Right? And so it's, uh, it would be a real problem if I hadn't learned that lesson. I continued to treat other people that way. Um, it, there'll be no going back there. Hmm. It, does it feel good after denying for a certain period of time with all the accusations and the questions and the interrogation to finally, I remember you had an interview, I think with Oprah and you finally were like, so straight up. Yes. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. No. You're right. answering. So well, she started with yes, no questions. Yeah. Did it feel she only allowed me to say yes or no? Okay. And by the way, the, all the answers were yes. Did you yeah, do this? I yes. saw that. Did yeah. You do this? Yes. Did you do this? I saw that coming. But for you, did it finally feel like a load off your chest that, because 
uh, I always think lying in general, even in our daily lives, right. uh, pulls other lies because you have to keep covering it. Of course. Uh, and it's a load on our shoulders and we have to be so tactical and not slip. Right. Uh, but when you're honest, you're like right. liberated. Right. So did it feel for you like finally? So, similar to the other question, complicated question, complicated answer. And the answer is no. So because you said a load off your shoulders, that's as if you woke up the next day and you're like, oh, I'm liberated. Hmm. I'm free. Hmm. This, this is an evolution. It's a process. And it's, and it's as, you know, you sit across the table from somebody and they're asking you questions and I don't have to bullshit you. I don't have to lie to you. I mean, that's great. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and if I go, you ask me before we sit down, and, and, you know, anything off limits, anything? No. The answer is always no. I go do talks, fireside chats, open it up to the room. They always ask, is there anything off limits? I said, hell no. At this point in my life, there is nothing off limits. And that's great. That's amazing. So you live light because yeah. you're you. But it, but it wasn't over. It wasn't like I did Oprah and the next day. I walked around like I was, you know, a, a 13-year-old girl. I mean, I, I was, it, it was, it took time to, to sit in scenarios like this and go, I'm just going to shoot this dude straight. Mm. That's pretty amazing. It is. What makes you feel valuable? Um, value, well, I mean, again, obviously your kids validate you and, and make you feel valuable and, and appreciate you. Um, health, my health, make, uh, to me, is my own sort of sense of value. I think it's, you know, it is the one area of my life when everything came crashing down. I was like, all right, what am I going to do? Am I going to... curl up in the corner and start doing hardcore drugs and never to be seen again? Or do I lean in on my kids and do I lean in on my health and wellness? And so I don't know about valuable, but I feel validated that at 50 years old, I still love to be fit. I still love to be out there. Not the same guy, but you know, to me, that's, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Last one. Lance in one word. <laughs> uh, almost said complicated. Um, hmm. Jeez, I've never been asked that either. That's not fair. One word is a very short answer. I know. Uh, loyal. Loyal? Okay, thank you. Appreciate it.